just as the just as the Bible is a book, big book, and you have to break it down, and you have to kind of just some of the same things you have to work to be good with the Word of God. You have to do that to to, to be good with church history, and um, and I think church history, um, in in that idea, even theology in some senses, um, has got lost that that in in our in the church of our day, um, that we don't learn the what do certain doctrines mean what are they focusing on where do we line up with it where do other people's line up with it and so when i first started about this four-week series what i thought about was i begin to have a heart a disciple uh, an evangelistic heart for like calvinists and seventh-day adventists and mormons and and jehovah's witness and and begin to realize like out of all the years of being a christian um, do I really understand what those people believe? And it was probably 12 years, at least 12 years ago. Um, Jeff might know the date. Um, I was messing with him with some of that, but, um, but I, I realized I didn't know nothing as a Christian, being a Christian pretty long time at that point. Um, I didn't really know much about Martin, Martin Luther. And so I just started engaging and learning some things about Martin Luther. And actually on our, on our um, website, I'll show you that in a minute, but on our website is a video of Luther that is a fairly simple, engaging um, video to watch that really kind of paints the picture of, of um, so in church history for about, in general, these numbers may fluctuate a little bit, but in general, the first 600 years or 500 years, we would kind of say that the church was on the right track, but for about a thousand to 1100 years, the the church became more and more corrupt and and got further and further and further away from the gospel and mostly by adding things to it um if you look at the jewish nation um when they came you had the the basic law and then you had all the laws that they had added and they started making all the laws that they had had, had added more important than the laws that god himself gave the simple laws that god himself gave well, you see the Catholic Church kind of did that over their history also, where they um, kind of figured some things out and did some things right for a period of time. But then somewhere the tide turned around 500, 600 um, at the end of Augustine or somebody like that. But what began to happen is they begin to add things and, and just add Mary and transubstantiation. I can't say it, transubstantiation, but just changing the way the Lord's, you're just adding things that just, essentially was not biblical um and and so um i lost my train of thought there but um but but the, but the point is so as i look at the reformers i was i was speaking of the luther movie, movie one of the things that was interesting was was some practical common sense things that i think is at the heartbeat of the gospel is when you see people that are being religiously oppressed and you have the holy spirit living in you it should anger you. And one of the things about Luther is he was bold. He was bold in a unique way when he wasn't saved. And then when he got saved, he was even more bold. But the reformers with the boldness that they um, express like through, through. So, so I'll just talk about one issue. So what had happened, and, and this is a modern day thing that we deal today with, what do we what is our view of the Bible as far as when we interact when we bring it to say like new believers or simple people? So you're let's just say you're a church leader and you need to 
evangelize or disciple disciple a group of people what is your view of the word with them like do you think that the word is so complicated that they can't possibly understand it it's a crack crackhead or you know whatever some some person that's not so educated or is in a bad place do you feel like you need to do something other than unpack and unfold scripture for them and so based on that over years the catholics had basically put put the word of god in in a in a latin language or whatever in a complicated latin language that the common people didn't speak that the only people that spoke it were people that had uh, a, a a better education and this kind of thing and, and was taught that and so what they did is they shrunk the access of the word of god to people and and as luther being educated and smart and god giving him a blessed brain as him being able to look at the difficult, the Greek and the Hebrew text and understand the Latin and begin to look at that, God began to work in his life to, to um, show him real meaning for all for that, that, that Bible that, that was kind of gathering dust by the church and not even being used. God through Luther kind of uncovered that it's a similar situation as what I was going to say is King Josiah, I think it's in Second Kings 22, I believe, is where it is. But if you go look at it, really what happened, the final revival of the, of the area of Judah through King Josiah was that the word of God got uncovered. And it was a similar thing that like what happened with Martin Luther is Josiah was just kind of having a heart, maybe being drawn to God or drawn to the right things or whatever. And he really did one simple act. There was money set was set aside for the purpose of the church, but it wasn't really being used for the church. So Josiah said, I just have a feeling today, like use that money for the church. Y'all start rebuilding the church. And so as they start rebuilding the church and sorting through it, they find the word of God and they say, hey, go tell the king we found the word of God. And they bring it to him and they read it and he tears his clothes because he realizes in the uncovering of the word of God, he it's like blinders are moved from his eyes and he, he realizes this is what our problem is. This is why we're going through all these hard times is because we're not reading God's word. We're not knowing God's word. We're not um, staying in God's word. And so through Martin Luther, God used him and the other reformers, he used them to to do that, to pull the the the, the layer off the eyes so they could they could see the wickedness of what the Catholic Church had been doing, which was religiously oppressing people from the God. They were they were keeping them from the gospel, they were keeping them from the framework laid out by God. And that's the same thing again that the religious leaders of the time of Jesus was doing. They were making so much about all the things that they had added to the law of God that there was no room for people to focus in the law of God. They weren't making it available to them. When you start studying like the turning of the tables in the temple, basically what he, what he's saying there is that like basically prophecy and all that, when you bring it together is there was prophesied that there would be a time that the Lord was going to come back and he was going to check on the vineyard. And when he checked on the vineyard, what he wanted to see was something, you know, a prosperous vineyard. What that vineyard was, was a relation of, um, of, of, 
of the people set in place, the people stewarding the vineyard was the religious leaders. And the religious leaders were to steward the vineyard by sharing God's word and teaching God's word and making disciples according to the framework that God had laid out. That's what would have made them a good shepherd. But they became wicked shepherds and they kept the sheep from the sheep food is the way I like to call it and was giving them goat food, but they, but they were giving them everything other than the authentic word of God. So when Jesus does come to the vineyard, he does come to the temple. He comes and he sees a marketplace where they're not even focused on what really matters. The whole reason the building was set up, that's been pushed so far aside that it's just, it's been, covered up and so anyway um so so with martin luther and if you watch that movie that's just a great place to start is is to get a feel for one one scene in the martin luther movie that he he did is um is he came to um a town as his life he he was given a role to to go be like like a pastor in our world but a priest in his world in the catholic world but to go be a priest of a um they had like a parish or a county or whatever but over a district and so there's this new priest coming and all the town comes out and they're they're there to welcome martin luther you know because the new priest is coming and they're trying to struggle. These really poor people are trying to struggle to get money together to give him an offering. And Luther is blown back by that. He's like, what are they doing? And, and so Luther's viewpoint was, I've learned God's word to come and bring them hope. But here, all they see is an is a, is a organization of a church that just wants their money. And like in the heart of Luther, you know, and and I'm not quite sure if he was converted at this point, but you can see God even pre-conversion working in him brought righteous indignation to him. And he's like, this is wrong. But that's one of the things that drove him to study God's word more and more and more was actually his eyes being open to religious oppression. And so I'm, I'm gonna shut up and I want I want to see where you guys are at but like this is the this is the basic idea of why church history is important is because you know there's the old saying they say that that if you don't learn from history you're guaranteed to to repeat it and 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 as we walk through history I see this again I think there's a new Catholic Church on the horizon um I'm not gonna try to describe that at this point but but if the if 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 the Jews were given a simple law, and instead of storing that super law that 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 um simple law and using it to make disciples, and they came up with their own law and their own rules and regulations and made it more about their law than God's law, and that was kind of how their thing ended, and then the Roman Catholics did that, and then that's kind of how their thing ended. There's there's no reason why if the Protestant church does the same thing, makes it more about their traditions and their ideas than the actual gospel and the actual word of God. There's no reason to believe that the same thing's not going to happen to them. So when you ask yourself, I know Mr. Wayne has mentioned this before, you know, something to the effect of how do you find the right church or the pure church? Well, Well, that's one of the things is stay on God's word and stop adding to it. 
Um, you know, the first temptation that, that the devil did, if you look at the phrase he used, it's the same phrase he uses today. As he said, he told Eve, he said, did God really say? And, and just that challenge, is that, do you, like we hear it today, really believe that? Do you really think that? How could that be? It's just to create doubt in what God has said. And what a discipler should be, a good leader, a good shepherd should be, is one that says that if God said it, no matter how outrageous it is, we can take it to the bank. We can count on it. He is going to carry it out. So anyway, that was kind of a long little introduction, but I wanted to just basically this morning see where you guys are at. Um, what I would like to do is 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 um, jump back into um, John 13 to 18 um, next week and I'll start working through that, if that's all right with all you guys. And what I'd like to do is maybe remotely um, continue to support your, your church history journey. I wanted to ask Mike, I know Mike was kind of saying, you know, I need to go back to the beginning and just see where he's, he's, where he's accomplished that. I know Jeff was having a little problems with the video. So I want to, I want to see where you are at with that. But what I want to, at this point is encourage you is to continue, continue to study church history Um I think I've made available for you two podcasts, um, if not three, that that allow you to get a lot of brainstorm and a couple of videos. So, um, like I said, reach out to me personally. Any anything that that you have questions about that, but I, I just ask you. Um, we're here finishing June, so we have six months left this year. I would just ask you to commit this last six months of 2023 to try to to sharpen your your church history skills. Uh, maybe even in some cases, your what I like about some of those videos is they talk about th um, theologies or philosoph philosophical movements that really affected things. So um, try to be familiar with some of those things. Um, but but what I'd like to do is maybe the first of the year try to put a plan together where we kind of walk um, step by step through some church history for for a period of time um, because I think. Um, if you, I sent out a, 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 a podcast, um, men who rock the world with Stephen Lawson. I think, um, personally, I, 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 listen, I learned a whole lot from R.C. Sproles for a long time. Um, you know, he's passed away. So who, who's, who's next up in that kind of situation that can be something like R.C. Sproles. And I would, I would have to say at this point, I think Steve Lawson might be one of the one of the best teachers that are out there right now. So if you don't know nothing about him, I would highly encourage you to, to engage in, in some of the stuff he has. He's, he's when it comes to church history, he's wrote biographies on so many different um, men of God from, from the 1500s, the 1600s, the 1700s. Um, so he's got a real, he's, he's a good communicator, got a good framework, very organized. So um, I would, I would definitely say, um, don't don't miss him as a teacher and what he does um in your in your journey but uh let me shut up with that um mike um i know you had said that um you know you was going to go back to the beginning of church history you know and, and and that was how you wanted to approach it but um have you been engaging more or are you wh wh where are you at with with your church history engagement well not so much um 
you know, I guess when we first started this, I looked back and I was like, well, if I'm going to do this, let's, let's go all the way back to start. So, um, and, and like you said, it is a pretty daunting task or very overwhelming just to try to try to do that in a short amount of time. So I, I watched a few videos that kind of gave church history from basically from Acts until now, which is, um, you know, pretty overwhelming to, to, to try to uh, navigate through that. Um, hadn't really watched any of the videos that you sent. I know I, I was having some issues. I know you sent me a couple personally, just some audios and uh, for whatever reason, my phone wouldn't play those. I don't know if my storage was full or whatever, but um, I haven't watched these uh, last couple that you sent, but I will um, look at that. I guess on a side note, um, in a few weeks from now, I will be, uh, we're actually doing our summer vacation in, in Massachusetts. So we will be around Plymouth and uh, where, where some of this stuff, uh, as far as the American um church history yeah, a lot of the puritans started the salem witch trials will be all in that in that area um so if, if you guys have any points of interest that you want me to go visit and take a picture of just let me know so um that should be a pretty interesting uh trip we've or i've never been to the northeast um me or my girls my, my wife's uh, she's got some family there so we'll stay with them a couple of nights and then we'll, we'll be in a little airbnb the remainder of the time but um so should be pretty interesting yeah when you mike when you get up there um look for the uh the um the fort that has a program of but like, like a, a a living people live or demonstrate the uh the uh, pilgrims uh fort um in a very realistic way, everybody there is trained to act as if it's still 16, whatever that year was. Yeah. And you'll find some very interesting, a very interesting history of uh, Europeans uh, uh, coming over from Europe to uh, America. <laughs> yep. So Jeff, where, where are you at? If, if you could talk, I'll give you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mike, I was going to say, um, I want to say it was, I don't know, five or six years ago, Kirk Cameron did that documentary called Monumental. Um, mm -hmm. He he did it on the Puritans coming over and, you know, and uh, setting up the colony and um, Plymouth and everything. That's worth checking out uh, just because it a lot of history, a lot of American history, but also Christian history uh, tied into that documentary. It, well, it might not be Monumental. I, I'll find the name of it and uh, and send it out. To, it is, Amy? It okay. Is. Uh, yeah. Uh, but but as far as church history goes, Dennis, uh, man, I second that endorsement on Steve Lawson. I, I follow his Bible study podcast, and uh, he always takes a, a brief moment out of every year around October during leading up to the Reformation anniversary. And I mean, it, it's like you're there in the story when he talks about these men or like he was there mm -hmm. when he talks about these great heroes of the faith who, you know, were martyred, who gave us um translations and common language uh just what these men went through to get us the bible uh in our native tongue was was amazing um and he's the one who said you know there was a few breakdowns of church history you know you had the formation of the church uh the confirmation which i think was the first you know few hundred years then you had the deformation uh, which was you know 500 or so leading up until 
the Reformation, where they reformed it back to uh, its original purpose. So, um, yeah, it's it's really interesting to study. And Dennis, you, I think you get the nail on the head whenever, whenever you go for that deformation period or that that movement where it's leading people astray or they don't understand. It's always a departure from Scripture. It's always a departure from the Word of God, and we're going to teach our traditions instead, or we're going to uh, come up with something bold and new that's never been done. Um, that that's whenever you start to lead to that deformation. Yeah. Anybody else, um, Keith? You you're next on my on my little screen. Uh, what, have you been able to do anything with church history or listen to anything or? Where, where are you at in your heartbeat about that? Trying to do a little bit. With the first and second week, I've been kind of um, jumping around a little bit. I, I really like the Legionnaire. I've looked at some of those things, so I'm trying to – I think uh, I like Mike's attitude, just getting back from the beginning and progress from there. Maybe a not too much of a general, but uh, I'm going to try to get back to that and get back from the origin of that, but – I just saw the great uh, the great awakenings. Interesting, you know, from where this country origin, the origin of this country, and so forth. Uh, but um, yeah, gonna, I'm not, I'm going to dive into the uh, Legionnaire. I really like the format, the outlines, and the teaching, the way they do that. Yeah. So, so to be clear, so you said the great, the, the beginning. So I think Mike means all the way back to Acts. And then you got the Reformation and then you got the foundation, you know, of America in the colonies and stuff. So when you think beginning in your mind, what are, what, where are you going? All the way back to Acts? Or I'm thinking back to Acts. Yeah. yeah, back to Acts. Yeah. Um, Shane, anything? No, but I am curious, like Steve Lawson. Does he does he have his podcast? Does it go back all the way to the beginning, like that? Most of them are going to the Reformation, and and there's probably a reason to that because you know at the Reformation the printing press was made, you know, made so there just was a lot of le lot less technology, you know, prior to that. So so you get. To, to 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 verify the credibility of of things you know before that you gotta you gotta kind of understand a little bit about historians and it's not too hard to discern which ones are honest and which ones are not but but um there's a there's a there's a thing i might have sent out at one time but I'll, I'll just give you the name now michael kruger did something on the canon of scriptures and i could i can make that available to you but he's probably the best guy I've heard to really for you to wrap your mind from from Acts to the 1500s, you know, anything outside of Scripture. So after the, the Scripture is closes on it to the 1500s, um, you know, people will twist that period of history to say what they want it to say to, to justify their theology. So they'll twist that just like they'll twist Scripture. So that's one of the ways you can tell if they twist Scripture They'll twist history also. Um, but one of the things uh, Michael Kruger does when he's when he's talking about the canon and what kind of confidence we can have that the word of God that we have is trustworthy. Um, he deals with a lot of that that history. So I think, you know, when you start talking about something prior to 1500, it's a little bit different conversation 
because of technology and, you know, and those kind of things. Um, so, so I need to start utilizing the, um, just podcasts and audio versions. Just, I know you said we have access to your Ligonier account, but I just, I spend so much time in the car and just on the move or cutting grass that I need to, you know, listening is probably my, yeah. um, coach useful so, route. So and I and I find it's it's usually half and half. So who who learns better by listening? Who would say Shane just said he was? Um, Keith, are you listening or more? Mike's a listener and traveling. Jeff, what are you <laughs> listener reader? What are you? You might. Yeah, um, I do. I do a little bit of both. Um, I'll send out a podcast too. That's it's uh, five minutes in church history. Every every podcast episode, it's it's real quick. It's just a five minutes, and it'll touch on something that happened in in church history. And I'll tell you, like I've just listening to a brief podcast, um, it'll intrigue me to go and look up a book or something that they discussed. And and when you have more time, you can kind of read more into it. But uh, I'll send that out. It's it's real simple to listen to. It like I said, just five minutes. Yeah, and that's that's how this journey happens. I just picked up a, a mm -hmm. audible book that I'm I'm about to start, and it's um it was just listening to George Whitfield. So when George Whitfield got converted, um, and when you look at the stats, George Whitfield was at least by Steve Lawson's um argument, I haven't heard anything to rival that. But George Whitfield was the greatest evangelist at least since 1500 um, the amount of people he preached to the amount of people that he, and just, he was a neat, but anyway, one of the things that Steve Lawson does a good job. And I think Whitfield Whitfield was on board with that is what is a genuine conversion? Like what is this John three? You must be born again. What is that? What does that look like? And so there was a book written that John Wesley gave to Whitfield and the title of it was the, the um the life of god and the soul of man i believe i'm saying the, the the name right but you get the idea the life of god and the soul of man so you can see why whitfield was so anchored on you must be born again and he also preached the unconverted ministry which he would address ministries that had had the reason they was doing the weird things they were doing is because they didn't have they they weren't saved and they were they were um they were um administrating the church from from a point of 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 not knowing Christ and um but anyway this I did but back to what Jeff Jeff just said that's what you do you hear intriguing stuff and it it will it will it would dart your path this way or that way um I know Mike has talked about before you remember when they used to have the mystery novels and you would read the book and it, it would come to a point and it would say if you want to go through this door, go to this page and all that. So sometimes that's the the way church history is. You you want it to be in a nice little path and box that everybody follows. But sometimes there's something that you hear about that captivates your heart. And you're like, I got to know more about that situation or that guy or whatever. And at the end of the day, what's really exciting is when you realize there are doctrines that control things. There are, are, are ideas that control things. And sometimes you don't know where they originated from. And what's cool about church history 
is when you can find out where a concept originated from, you can also find out what kind of fruit did that concept produce? Did it win? Did it fail? Why did it win or it fail? Is it of God or is, is it not? And so church history and walking through, you know, in Hebrews, we have the, the hall of faith, of, of faith. Um, but, but, but more than in church history, we have more of that. There's a lot of people that have been touched by God and have done different things. And some of them would have went down the wrong road. Some of them went down the right road. And so, we do have the hall of faith in, 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 in Hebrews 11, but we have more than that in church history as people have wrote about Christ, have taught about Christ, have exalted Christ. When you find the people that did that the most consistently, people that surrendered their life for ministry, for discipleship, for evangelists, for being missionaries, for bringing the gospel to people. When you read about those people, you start to get a better and better feel of some, you know, of some certain things. Um, so, um, we had Keith Shane, you was done, um, Paul, the last one or Mr. Mr. Wayne, which one y'all want to go first? Well, I've got nothing that much to add, except that I, I keep praying for God to, if he doesn't tell me that he, that he gets hold of the church leaders and gives them a better direction of what he wants out of the church. Because, uh, and I think that that's probably somewhere hidden in the scripture, and I'm not delved into that. So I'm, if I do get more thoughts on what a perfect church ought to be, I think I'm going to look harder at the scripture and the things that Jesus said and did. Like, you don't need a temple to worship me. You don't need uh, you don't need a, a, your your human father's well to worship at, and things like that. Yeah. Might give us some idea if, if we keep. If I, I pray that y'all, when you do your searching, pray for what God wants the perfect church to be. Yeah. Paul? Yeah, I, had, I haven't read a lot, done a lot more lately. I like to read, but uh, church history is just so massive, it's it's hard to listen. I just mm -hmm. sent that link to y'all. I think it's the one you've done too, Dennis, that it's through the Ligonier Ministry. It's uh, Robert Godfrey's a Survey of Church History. That's the one that had 73 about 30 minute sessions. So our church paid for memberships where you just give us a login and I haven't actually even gone on to it in about a year. So I guess it's still active, but I don't know if you have that through your membership, Dennis, but that's a really good one. It just breaks it down. Starting at starting at the early church in acts and goes all the way to modern times. I think yeah. about 30 minute um, sessions, uh, and Robert Godfrey is just one of the associate pastors at the Ligonier Ministry, kind of like the, the other guy you just talked about. Yeah. And and Robert's a little old and he's a little dry, but but man, he's knowledgeable. And if you listen to him long enough, back to Shane's question, um, it, it it would do you some good in all of this to, to in studying church history is to know how to recognize a good historian. And and the points I would say that I've learned is are they biased? Do they do they try to like force an agenda or do they just kind of re record the facts? Do they do, are they honest people that do diligent work to try to um, uncover the, the the story? And so some of these church history, history people from Ligonier are extremely educated. Um, you will hear in their explanation how they come up with some of their conclusions. And they really are hunting down like a detective and investigating what was really going on there. 
um, where you will find um, people that are not good historians um, and have an agenda. Um, they're going to be a little bit more like a used car salesman. They're going to, they're going to try to, to make everything fit in a nice package um, to, to promote their, their, what they're trying to, to push, which is a doctrine of theology or their ideas or something like that. And so one of the things that I've learned through listening to these historians is how to, and this is actually something that can be helpful to you in evangelizing is how to just let the facts be the facts, um, whether they, they support your issue or not, because if you're seeking, if you're seeking truth, then the truth is the truth. You know, it's, it's not what you want it to be. It, it is what it is. And if we believe that yielding to the truth is what's going to set us free, um, then we, we're trying to find it. And if we're wrong, if we're proven we're wrong tomorrow, we just recant from from whatever or repent, whatever is necessary. Um, so I really like these guys. I've It's it's hard in most churches to to see this type of Christian personality. Um, but, but, but man, to watch some of these historians, um, there's, there's some really Christ-like things that come out of them if they are a good historian that really care about the truth. Um, so I've learned a lot about that, but Robert Godfrey, like what Paul's saying, he does a very long ser series and that particular series goes all the way back to the ancient church, the middle ages and the reformation and then modern now. And, um, and he walks through like a lot of the councils and different things and what those were about. So all of that is is exhaustive. So, uh, but um, back to to few technical questions though. Um, so what I found, um, I guess everybody has an iPhone except for Mister Wayne. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Um, what I found from the iPhone, like like for example, Mike, you had talked about the links that I sent you didn't quite work. Um, what I sent you was essentially when you get on the Ligonier. And you walk through. Now, the thing about Ligonier is Ligonier, you know, their role was to to was to bridge the gap between um, Sunday school and, and seminary. And so when you get on Ligonier, most all their courses are of a of a schooling educational point. So they're going to have an introduction. They're going to have kind of like questions like, what do you know going into this? You know, this kind of thing. But then you're going to get to the point where there's a teaching and there's it's usually a 25 minute teaching is kind of their thing. And um, but it's going to be a 25 minute audio and it's going to kind of have some questions after it to, to check your knowledge and so on and so forth. Um, people like Shane is moving. I move a lot. Um, it's difficult for me to walk through those outline courses and stuff. But what you should be able to do on an iPhone is it'll give you the option to download the the audio they'll have a video option but you can download the audio when you download the audio if you look on your iphone in files that audio is going to be downloaded um under download you can go to you can search files and download and you'll see you know, sort it by date you'll see that one you just you just download it in that case you can play that audio it's an audio on your on your um on your phone I want to say dealing with Shane one time, we found out that if you change your screen and you go to something else, it kind of stops the audio. And I think that was a little bit of a, a hindrance for him. 
So what the workaround was that is I started taking some of those particular audios and putting them on like Spotify or something like that. And that way you you have a little bit more fun functionality. You can speed it up if that's what you want. You have some good 15 second back or 30 second back or forward, that kind of thing. You can put your finger on the bar that's showing the time and move it forward or backward, depending on how you would you would want to listen. So there's there's some more tools there. Um, so as far as to Jeff's question, um, I didn't intend for it to unfold where the 12 parts of the four hour video that I sent on American Christianity, um, I was hopeful at one time that you would be able to skip from section to section and they would still keep their, their idea of those 12 sections. Um, but, but that didn't happen. So what I can do is re-upload them as individuals, but but those are us just trying to work together and trying to navigate through technology to find the best way for us to study together through those particular tools. But um, as far as the Ligonier, I do you 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 all have access to a free membership. Um, I know at one time it's been a while, but we did the um, Psalm. What did we do? Psalm fifty one, I think it was, with David and his repentance with Bathsheba. And I think most of you guys had got on at that point in time, but, but basically you got to have a username and password to log in. And then you have access to their whole library. You can search history and there's a ton of those different things. And so I guess the feedback at that point, um, we, it, I was hopeful and optimistic that we, we would do more Ligonier studies together because they're structured well, but like Shane said, and I'm kind of that way too, is sometimes life is just so busy to kind of do all that work is, is too much. But I think we can all listen to a 25-minute audio once a week. And so when you get to Ligonier, um, Jeff might have to help me. I hadn't been on in a while, but um, Ligonier, Renewing Your Mind. If you look up Renewing Your Mind, they have they'll have like a video and an audio every day and they're all 25 minutes. So I used to, for the longest time, I would listen to one of them in the morning and you know, like going to work and I listen to one coming home, the other one on the way, on the way back from work. I think Paul said he had to jump off. Um, but, 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 but those are, those are some tools just for you to, to, to say, how do I get more information in my mind? Am I more of a reading person? Am I more of a listening person? But like I said, if you have any anything, Ligonier is a great resource. Um, this theme of it bridging the gap from um, from Sunday school to to seminary, it does a good job. Of that I've reached out with my pastor, um, and I'm thinking I don't think it's going to be this fall, but it may be in the spring. But I think I'm going to possibly register on some online seminary classes just because I have a heartbeat and I want to learn more and be challenged in that kind of thing. And um, so I may do that, but that, but, but, but you start where you're at, you start with, you know, renewing your mind and listening to a 25 minute, you know, um, session and teaching and just, you know, getting more than just going to a Sunday school class or a church and, and you start feeding that appetite. And then the next thing you know, you're studying more and more things. But what I would say is I'm going to pray about it. Um, I really feel like if, if you listen, there's an introduction on, if you'll listen to one of the men who rocked the world, 
which is a playoff, I think is Act 17-6. These men have come here that have turned up the world. And what he's looking is he's he's speaking of biographies of men that really made a, a major impact in church history. But there's an introduction he does at every one of them that I, I would encourage you to at least take two minutes to catch one of those. But it's 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 a it's a it's a commercial, if you would, about the importance of of, of church history and um and and how it how it makes a big difference. Um, um, so we've been studying a long time together since since COVID. And um, and I think I think this is something at least to start looking at that can really um, put us in a good place together make us better evangelists and better disciples um, and um, even walk our own Christian life out better. So I think uh, I was going to say one other thing is um, who has watched the Luther movie? I've watched it. Uh, it's been years ago, but it's, it's well done. It's a good movie. So we got me. I've watched it. Jeff, is anybody is else? That with, is that with Joseph Fiennes or whatever his name is? Is playing Luther? I'm not sure if that's his name or not. Um, but it it walks through his life, Luther, and how he came to faith and how he hmm. did the 95 thesis, and then you know where they excommunicated him from the church and all that. Is that sound familiar to something you've seen? Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's pretty sure it's the one I saw. So maybe three, maybe three people. So I'm gonna I'm gonna send that link out fresh. It's Amazon. Um, if you don't have an Amazon account and you need some help with that, let me know. Um, we'll work something out there. We'll have a movie watching party. You come to my house or something like that. But uh, but uh, but I, I would encourage you this week to just just be intentional and, and try to take a take a moment and watch that particular movie. Um, because I think it, it's, I can tell you, it's what lit a fire in me. Um, you know, it, it's, it gave me so many desires to study so many other different things. Um, but at the end of the day, it paints a picture because the, the, we read the Bible and we see the Jewish Pharisee leaders doing something. And then in this movie, we see the Catholic leaders doing something, but I hate to tell you, there are Protestant leaders that are doing this exact same thing right now. And to be aware that religious leaders will take that position and they will oppress people and people that are genuinely with right hearts looking to, to seek the truth of God are being manipulated by people that are ungodly and they are wolves in sheep clothing that you need to be aware of. And you need to you need to be on hot fire about it. You should have some some in you know um, righteous anger, however we say that. But but you should be mad. And and one guy said um, something like, you know, when you're talking about the shepherd and you have the the good shepherd and you have the hireling. Well, ultimately, if if need be, the shepherd lays his life down for the sheep. And so if someone has a position of power and authority in a religious setting and is oppressing people that are putting their faith and hope and trying to find God and you don't do nothing about it, then you're a hireling. You have taken on the role of a hireling. It's not my sheep. It's not my problem. And, and some people do that in ignorance. But, but I will just say we're going to, when we stand before the judgment seat of Christ, we won't have to answer for what the Jews did with the with the with the law of God, 
We won't have to answer with what the ancient Catholics did with the law of God, but we are responsible for understanding the grace and mercy that God did in the Reformation to reform back to the gospel, reform the church back to the gospel. And we've been given a purified, sanctified church to steward and we are letting it get messy again, just like the Catholics did, just like the Jews did. And, and we're, we're always reforming. We're always trying to get back to the purity of what God originally intended for his people and how they worship. So I, I would, I'll send that link out fresh and I, I would just challenge you to take um, a little time to watch that. Um, and so I'll, I'll, I'll harass you the next, next, next week. And maybe the following week, if you, if you don't, if you don't, if you're not super impressive <laughs> with your ability to watch the movie this week, but, but I would like to get some feedback of, um, of, of how that movie impacts you. Um, you know, if, if it doesn't impact you at all, we'll, we'll pray for you to get saved. Um, cause something's probably definitely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah. So uh, I think that's that's it. Any final thoughts for anybody? I um I was I I know I wasn't the most organized through these four weeks, but I I think we accomplished a little bit of something. Um, but uh, but like I said, uh, I'm I'm just planting a seed here, and um and and I'm I'm not gonna let you you forget about it over the next six months, and um. I'm praying that um, that we'll grow in our church history, and and I, I I do intend to put. I don't know if you can take all church history on at one time, but I I do intend to try to mm. to help us navigate through it that it that it is important, um, and that kind of thing. Um, Jeff, any final thoughts? Uh, no, nothing for me. I I can close with some prayer if you want. Okay. Anybody else? Keith, you gonna watch? Uh, thanks for the encouragement. You gonna watch the Luther movie? That'll encourage you Absolutely. more than anything I've said. <laughs> and Mike, anything? I as I was studying for my thing for my Sunday school lesson, but the courageous movie, all those movies, I still I don't I I've I've abandoned a few things because they weren't I have learned over the years they they're not biblically correct. But uh, but those uh, facing the giants, the flywheel, the uh, I don't watch mm -hmm. movies too much. That one's a little too personal, I guess, with the whole marriage thing. But but uh, but but correct. But but I was trying to mention courageous. Um, with with that, like the SBC, what was that two weeks ago? Pat, you know, passed that you know whatever that means that that women can't be pastors. But I was talking about that, and 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 there's some. There's some stuff with that, but I would just say this back to that courageous movie is that as we have been, I'll go back to my Sunday school lesson. We as men, all of us on here have been called to lead our families. We've been called you know, to lead our wife, to lead our children. And in, and as we learn to do that, well, God has called us to lead his people in different means or measures, you know, but one of the things they said in that courageous movie when he was thinking about his son is that if we don't, as men, if we don't call each other out to step up to the plate and lead, we won't, mm. we just won't do it. 
And, um, and I think, you know, we've got at the church where we're trying to compromise, 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 compromise to the point where like, what is, what did the devil say in the beginning? Did God really say to the point we're hearing the devil say, did God really say that only men can be pastors or leaders or, or, you know, I'm not getting into all the details, but, but you have to be ignorant to not realize what God has done through men. And even if you have honest conversations with women, women want men to lead. Um, and so we have done a disservice to women and to our kids and to our community by not leading. And if you go back to that whole shepherd idea, if we are, are, are lazy, are ignorant, and don't realize that there are there are wolves in sheep clothing oppressing people all around us. And we're not Christianly intelligent, if that's even a word. I love why I make these up. But if, if our Christian intelligence is not smart enough where we can see that for what it is and call it out and stamp it out and fight for it, then we're just a hireling. And I mean, and I would just leave you with that is as you worship this morning and you spend time with the Lord this morning, what is he call? Is he calling you to be a good shepherd or are you, or have you found a little hidden spot in the back pew or in the corner where you can be a, a hireling and you can talk the Christian talk and, and say all the Christian language and give the Christian high fives. But yet there's, 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 Little, little, what are the, what's the, you got the sheep and the lambs, but whatever, the baby sheep, these baby sheep are being oppressed and you're not doing, you know, nothing about it. And that's, that's what church history, I think, challenges us to, to consider. So I think that's our time. Um, Jeff, if you're free and you want to pray, why don't you do that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, most gracious and heavenly father, we're, um, we're just in awe of who you are and what you've done, Lord, um, not just uh, on the cross, but but the promise that you gave to send your spirit to dwell within us and how it's impacted men um, from the time you ascended and formed the church until today, Lord. And that there is a history, a rich history of men who um, have trodden the straight and narrow path, Lord. And I pray that um that we can learn from these men. We can learn from their faithfulness. We can learn from the, the doctrines that they labored so hard uh, to give as a, a blessing to the church. Lord, help us and equip us um, in the way that we study. Lord, you called us, um, you called us not to make friends, not to make buddies, but to make disciples. And Lord, I pray for each man on this call that in some way in our in our own circles, Lord, that we can go and make disciples, that we can love the word of God to the point that we just need to share it with others in some way. Lord, I pray for Dennis this morning as he uh, has prepared diligently to study through Jeremiah, Lord, that by your spirit you speak through him, uh, Lord, that you encourage uh, those that he's going to be teaching to just in the way that he encourages us each week on this call. Lord, uh, be with each man. Let your spirit go and um and proclaim truth through each of us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. 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 All right, guys, if y'all mm -hmm. anything, let me know. Thank you. John, John 13 next week, okay?
It's just been the first part about washing feet and that kind of stuff, about 20 verses. <clears throat> so, all right. Have a good day. Take care.